The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's managing editor for jobs and career development. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. We live and work in a world that was built by and for white men. Which means that if you're a woman or a woman of color, your needs might not be top of mind for your workplace. There continues to be pay disparity between women and their male counterparts, discrimination against working or nursing mothers, and plain old unconscious bias. But that doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of women looking out for each other at work and offering their advice for how women and allies can make sure that we are all thriving at work, regardless of gender. My guest today, Deb Liu, is the author of a new book that aims to do just that. It's called Take Back Your Power, 10 New Rules for Women at Work. And it's chock full of advice and stories about Deb's own experience as a woman in a male-dominated field. Deb came up through a who's who of tech companies. She's worked at PayPal, eBay, Facebook, and now Ancestry, where she serves as president and CEO. She also serves on the board of a nonprofit called Women in Product, which helps provide a community for women in product management roles. Deb has clearly had a lot of career success, but I wanted to start by asking her about some of the challenges she's faced at work over the years, especially ones that other women could relate to. Here's Deb. Well, I think part of the challenge of women in the workplace is the expectations are different. I mean, there was a study that said that men are seen as leaders if they're confident and competent, and women need to also be competent and warm. Is that fair? Absolutely not. And yet at the same time, that's the reality. There is a double bind. And if you look at the statistics, you know, women are judged differently in the workplace. And so how do you face that? And how do you actually thrive in a workplace where, you know, it's not overt discrimination, it's a lot of unconscious bias. And at the same time, you know, you're actually a lot of women take on a lot more responsibility at home. They have less support from their partners. They're expected, you know, to do a lot more, both office housework and home. And so there's a lot of these subtleties that women face in the workplace. For women out there who are maybe facing some of those struggles about, you know, where does this balance lie? How can they overcome that? Or, or what is your suggestion for them when they feel maybe overwhelmed? I shared this on LinkedIn recently about the help that I've had over the years. And I share very openly, I think that's really hard when we pretend that the women who succeeded have done this alone. That is a huge disservice to the people who have supported. It takes a village to actually have a family and to also work. And it was funny in the comments, there were so many people who were like, well, didn't you miss out on your children's childhood? And my husband goes, no one has ever asked me that question. <laughs> It's a subtle message, and it was exacerbated in COVID in particular because when the kids are home, who's taking care of them? 
And when you can't get help from outside, when you can't support them, when you don't have the schools open, who takes on that burden? And so I do think we have to have that conversation. And again, these are things which are affecting women's careers, but they're not directly the work that they're doing. It's just the subtle weight that's happening. And I really hope that we can actually have a much more open conversation around the support that's necessary to support a career both for men and women. Yeah. And something that I noticed from your book is that you talk about allies. And it's always so important because I think so much advice uh, when people come across it these days is about, you know, individualized and, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. But no one does anything alone. And for someone who maybe is in a small company or maybe looks around and says, I don't really see a lot of allies in my company. What is your advice to them? You know, one thing that I I hope more people do is build your own circle, you know, build the people who are going to support you. I have been the member of both lean in circles within Facebook when I was there, but also several lean in circles and communities outside of my work as well, where you can actually get together with like-minded women and men and actually support one another. Like, how do you support each other at work? How do you talk through some of the challenges? These kind of mentoring circles and support circles may be exactly what you need. But if you're in a workplace where there are no allies, you should really take a hard look and wonder why that is. Really asking yourself, is this the kind of workplace I want? The greatest workplaces are those where the people around you, your team, your partners, your stakeholders are part of your support system too, and you're supporting them. And so really finding a company with that culture, the supportive culture, you know, supporting the things that you want in your life, that's just as important as work. I think we kind of treat like work as something completely separate. You go into the office, you concentrate on work and you go home. But in our workplace today, first of all, a lot of us are working remotely. So our life and our work is actually fluid. The second thing is, you know, how do we think about actually doing our best work by supporting people at home so they're not worried about getting things done or, you know, picking up their kids. And I think the move towards flexibility in work is actually a great thing, especially for families that had a lot less of that before. You've obviously studied this area. You've had, you know, personal experience with this area. When you were researching this book, was there anything that stood out to you as surprising? I always love to ask people that. You know, I think I kind of understood the challenges of women in the workplace because I, you know, I have a nonprofit that supports women. Um, it's called Women in Product. That's 30,000 members. And I've been working in this industry for a long time. I think what surprised me was just the depth of some of the challenges that I didn't even realize. In doing the research, I just saw uncovered more and more. Actually, it's 10 rules. The first rule is know your playing field. So it's all the background research, all of the challenges that women face. And it was just so much deeper than I imagined. You know, I, I speak in the Stanford classes. Stanford GSB invites me back to an alumni panel every year. And I've been there for almost, I think, seven or eight years. And every year I said, you know, when I was sitting in your seat, I thought the world was fair. And then I got into the workforce and it smacks you in the face. And I said, what I hope to do in this class is to remind you that it's not fair now so that you can inoculate yourself so that you're not so surprised. I think we just don't realize these small things can actually trip you up in so many different ways. There's a lot that that we have to face. What about people who are job searching? What is your advice to them, especially women, to say, listen, you know, this is how you find those places, like you said, that have support, that have that structure? You know, if you were looking at a company from the outside in, how would you examine a company? I think we often pick a job, but we don't pick the culture. We don't pick our manager. We don't pick our team the same way. But actually, you know, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. So first, if you don't feel like you have a manager who can be your supporter, your mentor, your sponsor, is that really the right job for you? 
And the other thing is you spend way more time, not just with your manager, but with your team. A lot of people haven't even met the team that they're working with every single day. You're spending more time with your team probably than, you know, sometimes the, the waking hours with your kids. And, and you think about, you know, are you, do, do you feel like it's a team with psychological safety? Do you think it's a team that works well together? Do you think it's a place that you want to be? And then company culture matters a ton as well. I think that culture, you know, one of the things is I've worked in really intense environments, but had complete flexibility. And I think that is so important because my my um, middle child, actually, she was sick for about a year and it, we didn't know what it was. It turned out to be something minor, but she was basically in and out of doctor's offices for an entire year. And so you think about that, right? But the flexibility of actually being able to pick her up and take her home and, and bring her to the doctor constantly and specialists, whenever they're available, you have to go. That is incredible. And the other part is I felt safe to just like pick up and leave, but a lot of workplaces would not be okay with that. I think these are the kinds of things that make a huge difference to the quality of your work and the quality of your life. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, Deb talks all things allyship. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Will AI improve our lives or exterminate the species? What would it take to abolish poverty? Are you eating enough fermented foods? These are some of the questions we've tackled recently on The Next Big Idea. I'm Rufus Griscom, and every week I sit down with the world's leading thinkers for in-depth conversations that will help you live, work, and play smarter. Follow The Next Big Idea wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Deb Liu, CEO of Ancestry and author of the new book, Take Back Your Power. Now, you've heard me say this before, whenever it comes to a systemic issue, and I think that's what women face in the workplace, is systemic discrimination. I never want to put the onus on a marginalized community to fix the system that is oppressing them. So, I wanted to know, what can men do to be better allies and make life easier for their female colleagues and those who don't fit the male-female binary? Here's Deb. Well, I think first that we should all be allies to each other. And, you know, that is incredibly important because people are spending eight, nine hours at work a day. That's, you know, more than they're sleeping or spending at home. And so I do think that, you know, us feeling supported in a place where you spend so much time is really important, regardless of how you identify. And sometimes it's easy to overlook other people because, you know, you just don't see them. You don't see their struggles. You don't see their challenges. And so being really intentional, you know, making sure that you are participating and supporting the ERGs, actually reaching out and saying, hey, is there something I can do? There was a study that Laszlo Bach did where, you know, the most successful teams are not the ones full of experts or super diverse or full of superstars. It is actually the teams that have psychological safety. And how do you build psychological safety? And that's through acceptance and support. And I think being great allies to each other, regardless of where people are coming from, that is the first step of really building that trust and building that connection. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of times people in the sort of idea that competitiveness is better, uh, they think like psychological safety and stuff like that is sort of like noise in the background. But really, research shows that focusing on psychological safety, focusing on inclusiveness actually improves business results and uh, improves performance. So beyond the whole idea of just being a nice person, <laughs> it's actually a business matter when it comes down to it. What is your advice for people who feel like, you know, with all the world events, everything's consuming them? How do you create psychological safety for yourself and sort of create that space to say, listen, I have family, I'm a citizen of the world, I, I have a job. What is your advice for navigating that? Well, I think that if you have an incredible team where you you feel like you have that safety, you can bring that up. You know, I recently got COVID. My entire family got COVID. <laughs> and, you know, being able to talk about that and say, hey, like, we're going to be offline. This is going to be really difficult. And, you know, having that level of support, super important. And I think that saying, hey, I feel like things aren't, aren't great today. Can we reschedule? Or, hey, I can get this done today, but I really need to take tomorrow off. I think that we need to be able to be there for each other and support each other. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, too, what I always suggest to people is, you know, we can't necessarily always fix what's going on. But, you know, if you're at work and your mind is on something and you need someone to talk to, one of the best things a colleague can do is just sometimes listen. Um, you know, you can't fix it, but you could hear a person's concerns and hear their voice. And sometimes that's just enough to help them get through the day, which I think is important. Yeah, definitely. What's your advice for working mothers who are looking to transition back into the workforce? The question is, how do you frame it? You know, have you been volunteering? Have you been supporting organizations? Have you been doing things with your kid's school that you can talk about? The other thing is, you know, one opportunity is to start by consulting. There are a number of companies, especially startups, looking for expertise in a number of areas. Have you thought about kind of doing consulting and work your way in? But then if you're looking for a full-time job, I think it's really saying, hey, I have these incredible skills. These are the things I'm really passionate about. I have something to bring to the table. We are looking for the best employees and a lot of the best employees maybe had to take a break and that's okay. You know what they say that the, it's not the career ladder, it's the jungle gym, that you're actually maybe getting off the jungle gym for a little bit and then coming back on. But I do think that companies now are much more supportive of that than they ever have been, but really kind of framing a narrative that you feel good about. And then, you know, talk to people, get referrals. Your friends and your network are your best allies because you're so much more likely to get a hearing if you have support from those who say, she's incredible, you know, she took this time off, but I would love to work with her and I would hire her any day. For those who maybe have jobs, what would you suggest is really one step that people should take in their day-to-day -day lives to really put themselves on a better path, maybe make their load a little bit easier? I think sometimes we think that we are kind of fixed, right? We are the expert. We're really good at our job. There's kind of a thing that we love doing. And what you don't realize is, you know, the work that you give your company, that's incredible. But there's also what you're taking away too. Are you growing in different ways? Do you have a learning mindset? Are you pushing yourself to get 1% better every single month? You know, that's the kind of thing that I think will benefit you in the long term. Whether that is learning to write or public speaking, getting on panels, whether it's, you know, speaking up and, and you know, bringing out your ideas and participating in hackathons. I think sometimes we, we forget that, you know, our job is so all-encompassing and our lives are that you forget, what is my future you? Like I always ask myself, what is the future you wish you did today? What is the one thing you could spend 15 minutes on to make your life in five years better? And I think that that is something which I hope you, if you bring that learning mindset, you're always growing, you're always changing, you're always getting better at something. And I hope that as we grow as, as people, you know, we're actually taking with us so much more than just the job that we're doing. 
thank you so much for joining us. It's been so wonderful chatting. Yeah, absolutely. That was Deb Liu, CEO and president of Ancestry.com and author of the new book, Take Back Your Power, 10 Rules for Women at Work. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Derek Carl, Taisha Henry, and Elias Avalos. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of visual audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck. <laughs>